From Finance and Commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. Above all, it's a show about what's next, creativity, and the innovation in technology that are changing how we work and shaping the future of business throughout our state. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers who may challenge the status quo, but also make their dreams a reality. I'm Joel Shetler, your host and editor of Finance and Commerce, Minnesota's oldest business newspaper and online publication. Thanks so much for joining me. As the executive director of the Minnesota Transportation Alliance, Margaret Donahoe is a go-to source of information for all things related to investments in roads, bridges, and transit systems throughout the state. Donahoe, who has a background in political science, has spent 20 years with the Alliance, a statewide coalition of organizations advocating for, quote, a safe and effective transportation system that works for all Minnesotans, end quote. Previously, Donahoe worked for the Legislative Commission called the Transportation Study Board and was the committee administrator for the Transportation Budget Division of the Minnesota Senate. In the following interview, Donahoe talks about the unmet needs in Minnesota's transportation system, the Alliance's wish list for a 2020 state bonding bill, and why transportation investments are still important amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Pleased to be joined here by Margaret Donahoe of the Minnesota Transportation Alliance for a conversation about what's happening in the world of transportation infrastructure here in Minnesota. So thanks for checking in, Margaret. Really appreciate it. Sure, no problem. So um, first of all, just to, I guess, jump right in, everybody is rightly talking about the pandemic that has changed the way pretty much everyone goes about their daily lives here in Minnesota and beyond. Um, but at the same time, other needs, including transportation, um, are still out there. And I guess I would get your thoughts on, on why we should continue to have conversations about transportation investments in the middle of this pandemic and, and why it's um, um, yeah, still something we should be talking about. Sure. Um, well, thanks for the opportunity. Um, I think what this situation has shown more than ever is how important the transportation system is. Um, and clearly that's been recognized at both the state and federal levels that this is essential to keep open. Um, but with so many things going through uh, delivery now, um, we mm -hmm. just absolutely have to have um, a strong transportation system, mm -hmm. uh, not only to get products to stores, to hospitals, um, but farmers <clears throat> also need strong roads and bridges to get their products to market. People need a good transportation system to access the medical system. Um, so I think we're seeing more than ever just how important it is to have good roads and bridges, to have transit service, uh, to have our ports and waterways and freight rail systems working um, because we're just so dependent now on delivery of all these really critical supplies. Um, so we have to pay attention to our transportation system. Uh, we know that prior to this, uh, the system was neglected. Um, it was falling behind, especially behind a lot of other countries. 
And so it's aging, it's deteriorating, and we haven't been keeping up um, with the repair and with the revenue that we need to take care of it. So that's why I think it is really important um, on that level. And the second point is that we uh, there's a lot of agreement from both parties, um, from both Speaker Pelosi and President Trump, uh, that infrastructure investments create jobs and they're very important for the economy. And I think in construction in particular, we see years where there's less private sector demand uh, for construction and engineering design work. So then it's even more important for public projects to be going to keep people working. Mm -hmm. And right now, of course, we absolutely don't want to add to the high unemployment numbers by losing work in the construction and design industry. So the more uh, we can invest in public projects that need to be done anyway, uh, fixing our roads and bridges, the more we can help mitigate some of the damage um, from closing so many businesses. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, you could also make the case that this is actually a pretty good time to be working on these projects when, when the roads are largely empty. And I know MnDOT is actually, I've heard, getting a, a head start on some projects like Highway 5 out by the, the airport, for instance. And um, so really there are multiple reasons to keep going with, with this work and, and maybe even... Um, um, step on the gas pedal, for lack of a better term, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, it's amazing how little traffic there is out there, and that just makes it so much safer to do construction work. Um, and it is possible to do things more quickly, um, to speed up the schedule of some projects, although um, there's a limit, of course, to how much you can do that, um, given you know having to move construction equipment around, having to deal with utility relocation, a lot of factors that go into that. But um, we're definitely happy to see that there is a good opportunity to get a fair amount of construction work done, at least this season. Um, but it's very uncertain for the next construction season unless there is additional funding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know that you've been talking for a long time about the need for um, long-term, robust, multi-year investments in transportation. And um, but what, what do you think is realistically doable here at the state level during the, the 2020 legislative session um, when it comes to improving or, or simply maintaining our transportation system? Well, the big thing that the state can do is to pass a strong capital bonding bill. Mm -hmm. um, the state, unlike the federal government, can't deficit spend. Um, but mm -hmm. the one thing they can do is pass um, a strong bonding bill that spreads out the cost of these projects over 20 years. It's a really um, important investment, capital investment, in public assets and infrastructure. Um, and that's one way that um, not only can we keep people working on fixing the roads and bridges that our economy needs, but it would also really help local governments. Um, so a lot of people don't understand that a lot of the miles of roads and a lot of the bridges are actually under the jurisdiction of local governments. Mm -hmm. 
counties, cities, townships. And it's sometimes a big struggle um, for especially smaller local governments to maintain those roads and bridges. And with this pandemic, we know that local governments are really being hit hard with health care costs. Um, they're also going to be experiencing a downturn in revenue, uh, tax revenue. So here's a really good way that the state can both help local governments and also keep our economy moving is by investing in roads and bridges and transit projects and ports and waterways and freight rail in the bonding bill um, so that the roads and bridges that have to be fixed anyway can move ahead uh, because there's a waiting list right now of local bridges that are ready to go, shovel ready, just waiting for some state funding. And um, those bridges are deficient bridges. They're going to have to be fixed at some point. And the longer we delay doing some of these projects, the more expensive they become. Mm Yeah, and those are all great points. You outlined the, the, the needs and the and the uh, kind of made a strong case for um, moving forward with these investments. Do you think it's challenging at a time when, when there is not as much traffic on the road and people are working at home and maybe it's sort of out of sight, out of mind um, versus when they're stuck in traffic every morning on the way to their job in downtown Minneapolis or whatever? Um, do you think that makes it a little harder to, to make your case? Um, potentially, although I think people generally are very supportive of fixing roads and bridges, even if they're not driving as much every day. Mm -hmm. I think people are still driving a certain amount for necessities. Mm -hmm. And I think they still understand how important that supply chain is and how important it is to have um, a good transportation system. And again, there's a lot of bipartisan support for the fact that taking care of our roads and bridges is really a core government function. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you talked about the uh, the urgent need for uh, improvements and, and for investments in the system. Can you um, expand on that a little bit, maybe offer a couple of numbers or examples to sort of put the need in perspective? Yeah, well, we knew before all of this hit um, that the state is short at least $600 million a year between the revenue that's projected to come in or was projected to come in um, versus the cost of taking care of our transportation system. So we're already behind the eight ball. There are many, many projects around the state that have been waiting for decades um, to get funding. Um, and those, you know, that situation is only worse now. Um, there are lists and lists of projects um, from, you know, I-94 between the cities and St. Cloud um, to 169, Highway 52. Um, Highway 14 is finally getting um, some funding, we hope, to, to finish that corridor. Um, but there are lots of corridors around the state, Highway 212 um, in Carver County that still has two-lane sections um, in a major metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
We know there are lots of examples, lots of bridges. The Blotnick Bridge is going to need work. No one knows where the money is going to come from for that. Um, so we were not doing so well before all of this hit. And now we know that we're going to see a decrease in fuel tax revenue that's dedicated to our highways of at least 30%, maybe more. And that's both at the state and federal level. So it's kind of a double hit because not only is the state fuel revenue going to be down, but the federal funding that we get for our highways comes from the federal fuel tax. Uh, motor vehicle sales are way down. So we're looking at probably at half of the revenue from the motor vehicle sales tax that we were anticipating. Uh, also, license tab fees are going to take a hit. Um, sales tax on rental vehicles is probably going to be very, very low now. Um, and all of those user fees contribute to our transportation system. Um, so we are really going to fall farther and farther behind if there isn't some infusion um, at both the federal and state levels um, to address this problem. And hopefully there will be yet another um, federal relief bill. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of talk on and off um, about whether or not Congress will include funding for roads and bridges as they did for transit in the next federal stimulus bill. Um, but we're certainly pushing for that because it's a huge need um, with these revenue sources cratering mm. just to keep the projects going that had been planned before this pandemic hit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned the bonding bill. Do you have a, a specific uh, dollar amount on your wish list, like a certain amount for roads and bridges or uh, transit, that kind of yeah. thing? Absolutely, and we're really um, pleased that Governor Walls um, recommended significant dollar amounts. Mm -hmm. And so our ask is very similar to his recommendations, but um, it's $100 million for local roads, $112 million for local bridges, uh, $55 million for transitways, uh, mainly bus rapid transit, Mm -hmm. um, $25 million for some suburban capital transit needs, uh, $14 million for ports and waterways, um, and um, then some rail money uh, that would both passenger rail and freight rail. So, um, yes, there are projects on lists, on maps, just waiting um, to be done. And um, we know the bonding committees are very familiar with these projects. Um, so we just hope that they can come to agreement and get a bill passed before May 18th when the session is scheduled to end. Mm -hmm. And what's your sense of what you're hearing from the, the bonding committees or the people? Uh, are they working behind the scenes on um, putting something together? Do you think, do, do you see uh, something happening this year? Well, we've, we continue to hear um, that it's important um, from the leadership, from both the Speaker, uh, Speaker Hortman and Majority Leader Gazelka, that this is something they really want to get done this session. Mm -hmm. So that's been encouraging. Um, I think the big question, as usual, is how large will the overall bonding bill be and then how much will be dedicated to transportation? 
Um, but it sounds like there is a pretty strong commitment to funding roads, bridges, and um, waterway um, and wastewater projects in this year's bonding bill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, and just to back up a little bit, I know that whenever I have a question about transportation or the status of something at the Capitol, I'm, you're always the first person I think to call. Um, you know, you're such a, a, a wealth of information on that subject matter. Um, can you talk about how long have you been in your current position and, and how, how did you get into this line of work? Sure. Um, well, I started working for the Minnesota Transportation Alliance in 2000. Mm. Um, prior to that, I actually worked for the Minnesota Senate. I was a staff person, the committee administrator for the Transportation Budget Division in the Senate. I worked for uh, Senator Janet Johnson. Um, so I spent about eight years in the Senate. Um, and prior to that, I worked for a legislative commission called the Transportation Study Board. Um, and uh, have a background in political science. So it's definitely been an interest of mine for many years um, to be involved in the political process and especially in transportation. Great. Well, keep up the good work and, and good luck with your uh, agenda this year. And um, I'm sure we'll be chatting again. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for all your coverage of this issue in the construction industry. We definitely appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, great. Well, take care and stay safe, Margaret. Thank you for listening. And please subscribe to Beyond the Skyline. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. To learn more about finance and commerce or to subscribe, go to our website, www.finance-commerce.com. I'm Joel Shetler, Editor of Finance and Commerce. Thank you again for listening to Beyond the Skyline.